Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Jeff Altman, the big game hunter from the BigGameHunter.us. Jeff is not only the Big Game Hunter, but publishes the No BS Coaching Advice Easy to Help Job Hunters, HR Professionals, Managers, and Business Owners Make Better Staffing Decisions. He has written and published eight books about job hunting, one about hiring, plus many special reports about different aspects of job hunting. He also broadcasts Job Search Radio Weekly, No BS Job Search Advice Radio Daily, and No BS Hiring Advice Radio Monday through Friday, all of them available on iTunes or Stitcher. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Seth, great to be on with you. Thank you. We are happy to have you here. Let's go back in time a little bit. Uh, Where did you grow up? I grew up in New York in the Bronx. As a matter of fact, I grew up not far from the new Yankee Stadium, and where the stadium is, I used to play Little League Baseball and pitched from the mound. Oh, my God, that is absolutely incredible. So other than pitching from the mound, what was your childhood like? What did your parents do? Um, my dad was a bookkeeper for a business and eventually bought that business. It was a choice of lose your job or buy the business, which is what he opted to do. My mom was a stay-at-home mom because back in the Stone Ages when I grew up, that's what moms did if if they were married. They took care of the kids. Absolutely. My wife does that today. How did you get started in business? Well, in uh, 1972, I graduated college with a degree in political science, which qualified me to do nothing more than sell life insurance and decided that wasn't for me, got a job at a recruiting firm, or actually in those days it was really an employment agency, and with all the bad connotations we have today of employment agencies, and I answered an ad that said management trainee, inexperienced preferred, which I almost didn't answer because I had no experience, and inexperience implies that you had some amount of experience. But I did it anyway, and I started working at a whopping salary of, get this one, $125 a week. 
<laughs> wow. Big time. So how did you get from that to where you are now? <laughs> a lot of effort. You know, there was a certain point, having been schooled in all the nefarious things that agencies used to do, where I just grew to find them despicable. And don't get me wrong, there was a time where it fed a certain quality within me that was, um, shall we say, a little devious. But I grew up pretty quickly and realized this isn't the way I want to live my life. So I started my first business two years out of uh, into the agency business, uh, worked with a partner there for about eight and a half years before I divorced them, and I started a firm at that point. And over the course of time, evolved. And along the way, I've gotten a master's in social work. Uh, I've done psychoanalytic institute training. Uh, I've learned how to sell well. But the big thing is I've started to think of the people that I, I serve as not being people to be manipulated and distorted and, and sold to with all those bad qualities that we all associate with that kind of stuff. But to think of them in terms of, you know, who am I trying to help? And for me these days, you know, I've learned that the skills needed to find a job are just completely different than the ones needed to do a job. And most job hunters don't get that. So I've been much more involved with coaching people, and I launched a new site called JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I function as a job hunter's ally. I'm not there to collect a big fee if you take my job that I'm going to talk you into. It's really about providing great information, answering people's questions, and coaching them throughout their search. You know, that's the short version of it. There are a lot of steps in the middle of that, of course. I bet, and those steps may have filled some of your eight books. Um, <laughs> what do you attribute your success to? Many different things. Uh, perseverance. You know, there are a lot of people who have done executive search who, when times get tough, are not prepared for the downturns of the market. Job hunters experience them, but recruiters do as well. Uh, so uh, perseverance in the face of adversity is one thing. Uh, another thing is constant improvement, learning, practicing, effort. Uh, some of the, the work that I did in social work school, believe it or not, uh, worked very well to roughen uh, to soften up some of the edges so I could learn to connect with people. And then there was an experience that I had probably about 25 years ago, and this is always a quirky one to talk about, where I went off on a men's retreat sponsored by the Mankind Project, where I had a chance to look at the things in my life that were working and not working away from all my technology, and just focus on myself for 48 hours and figure out who I want to be when I grow up. And it was really a pivot point for me in a lot of different ways. So success comes in a lot of different forms. I make a great living now. And I also provide great service to people. And in those days, I didn't think that way. Uh, so I've really adapted a lot. So. You, know, you mentioned my books. I've got over 2,000 videos on YouTube at this point about job hunting and hiring. And you know, am I you know, a, a 50 million view person, a 5 billion view person? Of course not. 
but there are people who love what I'm giving them, and they're willing to pass on referrals of my work to them. And the result is I break down a lot of barriers that you know, people have in terms of trusting people who do search. So it's helped me a lot to just be gracious and give stuff to people. Kind of like Ivan Meisner teaches, you know, uh, you know, givers gain. Uh, yep. it's, it's part of the BNI story. Well, you know, at the same time, recruiters who actually are gracious, who take time with people, also gain. And most of them don't really think that way. And by giving away great information that I haven't always profited from, people have recommended me, and I've made the money back that way. What is the biggest adversity you've had to overcome, and what did you learn from it? Oh, man, there's been so many. You know, divorce is one thing, uh, but I'll, I'll stick with the professional side. On the professional side, uh, learning who to trust. Everyone, you know, there are three jokes in the recruiting business. And the first one is, how can you tell an applicant is lying to you? And the answer is, their lips are moving. The second one is, how can you tell one of your corporate clients is lying to you? Of course, the answer is the same. The third question involves recruiters. And, of course, the answer is their lips are moving. It took me a while to figure out that everyone was posturing for their advantage. And I got hurt many, many times because, you know, I was too trusting. And I put conditions on things that, you know, it was going to be really tough I'll simply say where I lost a lot of money. And by putting that behind me, even though I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars along the way, and just adopting a philosophy that made sense for me rather than, you know, trying to do things as the book said. You know, the book may work in baseball, it may work in football, but it didn't work in my life. And I had to carve out my own unique way of doing things that involved a little bit more kindness uh, and a little less treachery, and it has worked wonders for me. Uh, so, you know, 87, I'm sorry, what am I saying, 87, 2007, when I saw the potential of a downturn occur and blogged about it, I started to take steps there, and I got hurt real badly 2008 to 2010, even though I was pretty well prepared. I don't think anyone was prepared for that downturn, nor the um, the post 9/11 one in the U.S., where you know I was in New York at that time and doing recruiting purely in the New York area market, and you know business was incinerated with the buildings at that time. And you, you know, we were all suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, and it took years to come back from that. So. Being as prepared as possible, having my finances in order, has gone a long way to help me ride out roller coasters so that, you know, markets go up, markets come down. We're due for a, a market correction or economic correction in the next year or two, without doubt. And I've got my plan in place, and I'm in good shape to ride it out. So lessons learned is be ready. That is a great lesson learned. What do you attribute your success to? 
say it bluntly. I'm better than most. I'm smarter than most. And I'm not afraid to let people know it. If I turn people off, I can't please everyone. I don't give a damn. So consistently, I'm a top performer in my field. I make sure that everyone knows it. So that's a marketing thing that I do. I'm constantly out and about speaking, giving content away on YouTube. The e-zines are free at this point. My new site is, is launched at a low rate. I'm making sure that it's affordable for folks. You know, for me, my success really comes from being in the right place at the right time, excelling beyond what people's expectations are, and you know, making sure that everyone knows it. Because you know, the old saying is, if a tree falls in the woods and it doesn't make a sound, it hasn't made a sound. You know, no one's no one's heard it, right? Has it made a sound? Well, we know intellectually it has, but no one cares. But I make sure that people know how uh, how successful I am. With you know, my LinkedIn profile talks about the number of jobs I filled. No one does that. You know, I talk about the books I have. I was LinkedIn member seventy six fifty three back in the Stone Ages. You know, everyone knows my successes, and people land in my lap as a result because they want my help. That is absolutely incredible. What, um, with all this constantly changing in the world, how do you keep on top of it all? By keeping on top of it all? <laughs> you have to. You know, if I stayed stuck in 1972, well, I think interest rates would be a lot higher on my money than they are today. Uh, I'd think that... Um, the universe existed between the tip of southern Manhattan and 59th Street in midtown Manhattan. Nothing more could occur. Uh, I travel. I'm well-read. Uh, uh, it's not just simply books, but you know, stuff on the web. I'm well-connected. I talk to people. I ask great questions. And you know, when push comes to shove, it matters to me. If it doesn't matter, you don't do it. If you don't care, you don't do it. For me, I just care about being great. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you know, I'm in my mid-60s at this point, and you know, I think in terms of legacy. In terms of legacy, what do you want to leave behind? What's the message you want to convey to people? And for me, I'm trying to help the world find work in one way or another. It makes a difference to me that people – you know, who are screwed over by the system time and again because they believe the BS that's given to them about permanent positions. <laughs> In case no one's been paying attention, there are no permanent positions anymore. They're full-time jobs. There are permanent no permanent positions anymore. And I'm just trying to get people to think like a business owner. You know, if, if you own your own businesses, I'm sure you do, Seth, you know you're responsible for everything. You hire people to help you, but you're responsible for everything. And most people give away all their power, all their authority to an employer and never look out for themselves because they'll take care of them. At least the generation from 35 and up does that. The millennials are smarter than their elders in this regard. Or the low end, the younger millennials are smarter than their elders in this regard. And I'm just on a mission to make sure that people 
look out for themselves these days, that they function as the chairman or chairwoman of their own corporation and think that way and act that way and plan that way so that they're able to be as well cushioned for downturns and as well positioned for upturns as they can possibly be. Who is an ideal client for you on either side? Well, these days, with my coaching work, my ideal client is someone who's smart enough to realize that they need help. So the site, which is JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, has curated information from me and from others that will help people find work more quickly. And you, know, you can ask me questions, and if you want me to do full-out coaching with you, I provide a discount for that as well. So you know, it's a generally English-speaking job hunter, since I'm not bilingual, uh, English-speaking job hunter, uh, white-collar profession. doesn't matter the industry. doesn't matter the skill. It could be an engineer or, you know, I help one person who is up for a job as chief of staff of a, a, a major entertainment firm uh, who landed a position as a result of my coaching. Uh, it could be someone who's trying to take the step up from COO to CEO. It can be, hi, I'm a developer <laughs> or an accountant. The material is there for people at all levels, as long as it's white-collar labor in the U.S. Okay. This, uh, anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? You know, I'll just simply say, folks, that it's smart to ask for help. As much as you want to be in the position of controlling your own destiny, as much as I want you to do that, it really requires that you have allies along the way, that you hire services that can support you, like you hire an accountant to handle your taxes or an attorney to go into court. And most of the time, people outsource their career stuff to other people and never really pay attention. What I'm trying to do with JobSearchCoachingHQ.com is be your ally and focus on helping you without you know, the expectation of a big payday from my corporate client at the back end. It's all focused on you. So start looking at where you can get support and help and not just trying to figure things out on your own. So that's my basic message for folks these days. Get some help. Hire a coach. All right. This has been Seth Green with Jeff Altman of the Big Game Hunter US and Job Coaching Job Search Coaching HQ com. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Seth. Hope you have a great day. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. dot